Hello and welcome to a solo cast episode of the Media Boat Podcast. My name is Mike. It is July the 3rd. Matt is away for Fourth of July weekend upcoming here. Visiting some family. That's his shout out. Make sure he listens. And make sure you listen in every week. This is not a um, live broadcast. This is instead just the audio format. We'll be back live next week on YouTube Wednesdays about 6.30 Pacific Time. I guess that means 9.30 Eastern Time. Yeah. So wherever you're at, do the conversions there. But since it's just me, your host, Mike, let's get right into it. And we always start the Media Boat Podcast with movies. By the way, this is the Media Boat Podcast. Your source, or yes, your source, for movies, TV, music, and video games. In that order, I made sure to put that in that order. But we always start the Media Boat Podcast with movies. And we always start movies with the weekend box office. And not much changed. Number one is Toy Story 4 with another 59 million, putting it at 240 million domestic. Mark that one as another hit for Disney. And number two was Annabelle Comes Home for 20 million, and that was a new release. Uh, speaking of the other new release, yesterday came in at 17 million, making it number three. Uh, coming in at four is Aladdin with another 10 million, and that crossed. $306 million. That is a Disney surefire hit right there. Uh, congratulations, Will Smith. And coming in at number five is The Secret Life of Pets 2 with $7 million, pushing that over $131 million. Uh, as for upcoming releases, yesterday, currently out in theaters right now, is Spider-Man Far From Home, the new uh, the latest edition of the MCU. This is starring Tom Holland going all across Europe fighting Mysterio and the Elementals. So be sure to check that out. I will definitely be checking out that out and we will have a review of that next week. But uh, also coming out this week, uh, this Friday actually, is Midsommar. Midsommar? Midsommar? I don't know how to exactly say it, but this is another horror from the guy who brought you Hereditary. So check that out for your Midsommar horror film. Ah! Anyways, uh, let's get into the movie news. And we start with Sterling Van Wagenen. Do you know what that is? Because I didn't until I read this story. Anyways, uh, Sterling is one of the co-founders of the Sundance Film Festival. Well, this past week, he was convicted for touching a young girl on two occasions between 2013 and 2015 when she was seven and nine years old. The sentencing judge said in a court that he hoped the parole board will keep the 72-year-old Van Wagenen in prison longer than the six-year minimum. In addition to co-founding Sundance with Robert Redford, uh, who most famously uh, is known for um, founding the Sundance Film Festival, also recently seen in Avengers uh, Endgame from his cameo appearance in 
Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Uh, Van Wagenen, who we're actually talking about, was a filmmaker who produced uh, The Trip to Bountiful, which won Geraldine Page an Academy Award. He is, However, he has not officially been with the Sundance Institute for the past 20 years, but he's still listed as one of the co-founders, as that doesn't really change. Um, yeah, bad guy did bad things, finally got caught. Enough said about that. Moving on to Regal and something a bit more interesting depending on what your local theater is. As the Regal theater chain is unveiling a new unlimited movie ticket subscription service set to launch at the end of July in the U.S. Now, while details are fairly scarce, here's what we do know. That there will be three tiers of pricing which work out to about 18 21 and $24 per month, each each of them granting access to unlimited tickets. Yes, unlimited tickets. Those purchasing a top tier, a top price tier, will have access to any Regal Cinema, uh, while the lowest tier gets access to about half of the chain's national footprint. If someone purchased a subscription at a lower tier, and then ventures out of network to a Regal theater in a higher tier, like a major city, uh, there may be an additional surcharge, but usually about 2 to $3 for that single ticket, which is a good deal. Um, there, was, there will also be 10% cash reductions on concessions for each tier, uh, which are immediate rather than receiving a voucher for the next visit. Also, there's buzz that Regal Unlimited subscribers will have to purchase the, an entire year in advance for the limited ticket program, which means you won't have to, it's not a pay $24 per month coming out of your account every month. Instead, it'd be either 288, 252, or 216 respectively up front, and then you get unlimited tickets for the whole year. I think that might work better, but it also might turn off people as well as that is quite a steep cost of $216 for the low tier. But it does kind of make it a little offset, though, because then you'll have to worry about, oh, well, what if I don't go to the movies this year or this month and I just, like, cancel it? Well, you have it for the whole year. Sorry, but go see movies. They're fun. Uh, moving on, I have no thoughts on movies I watched, which means we jump right in to sports. And the MLB is really hitting the dog days of summer here as the MLB All-Star Game is this upcoming Tuesday uh, with the Home Run Derby on Monday. And whenever those two come together, that can only mean the following Wednesday, next week, will be the SB Awards, ESPN's uh, Sports Awards dedicated to sports, all things sports, 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 sports. As we call it here, the Manly Man Tears. Uh, also, on July 4th, we get to watch the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competition and Joey Chestnut chasing after his eighth consecutive win, I believe he's at now. Possibly, but expect Joey Chestnut to be the favorite where his current rival, Megatoad, yes, that is his nickname, Megatoad, 
um, will have a shot to overtake his crown or a belt. They have belts in the hot dog eating competition. Uh, but that takes place July 4th at Coney Island for the 4th of July Nathan's, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Whew, that was a mouthful. All right, moving on uh, to other sports, or not other sports news, but other TV news as we are talking about TV here. Uh, we have talked about J.A. Bayona, or his full name, Juan Antonio Bayona. He is a the director of Jurassic World, The Fallen Kingdom, the sequel that just came out. Well, he has his next project, and he's been tapped by Amazon to direct the first two episodes of the big scope fantasy drama of the Lord of the Rings series over for Amazon uh, Prime. Amazon Video? What do they call it? Amazon Video. Amazon Studios. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, yes, J.A.B. has been tapped by Amazon Studios to direct the upcoming series of based off of the Lord of the Rings franchise, um, which has not been adapted since Peter Jackson adapted it way back in the early 2000s. Actually, I think that was directed in the 99 and 2000 and then not released until 2001. Uh, but yes, Bayona will also executive produce alongside his producing partner, Baleen Itenza. I assume I said that correctly. Please, if you think I said that correctly or would like to school me on how to properly pronounce that, go ahead and send us an email at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com saying how wrong I am. Uh, moving on in other TV news, CNN has decided to launch another uh, episodic series coming up here starting this Sunday uh, titled The Movies. This will be a continuing miniseries chronicling the decades uh, which began with the 60s in 2014 all the way up to the 2000s last year. And now this going to take on the stylings of movies and cinema. Each weekly installment is two hours and focuses uh, on a particular decade from the old golden age onwards. Opening with the 80s uh, this Sunday, July 7th, continuing every Sunday through August 11th. There's no rhyme or reason for the order of the shows, but the producers did say that they did it chronologically, but CNN made the, made the initial decision on how each one should be properly aired. Uh, so, if you like CNN's miniseries events uh, that they did on the decades, their next one, seeing as the 2010s have not officially wrapped up yet, is going to be on the history of movies itself. Hopefully interesting watch. I know I will be taking a look at it as I am a certified cinephile. And yes, I actually did get my certification on that cinephile, so I can officially say that. Uh, and that brings us to thoughts in TV. And I have just, well, two thoughts, actually. One, I watched Holy Moly, 
uh, the new game show on ABC. And holy moly, is that thing terrible. Uh, it's a combination of mini golf and wipeout and just over the top mini golf. And it is strange and weird. And I'm not saying that I don't like it, but I'm just having trouble understanding whose audience this is exactly for. Well, I mean, I guess I do kind of understand. It's the summer. This is part of like summer games. It's cheap entertainment because there's no real script involved. It's a game show and it's, it is what it is. I just, nah, put this on a pass for me. It's, uh, it's produced by Stephen Curry. Uh, Rob Riggle is one of the hosts. And just overall, it is not that well done, I believe. Uh, it's just an opinion. But if you want to check it out, go ahead. It is summer, so it is kind of like the mid-summer. Your low tiers of, eh, nothing else is on to watch. I guess I'll put this on. But... I also uh, did uh, conclude recently The Amazing Race's um, latest season, or the latest season for The Amazing Race, where they had, it was an all-CBS crowd, where they had teams from The Amazing Race, Big Brother, and Survivor all competing on The Amazing Race. While it was fun to see a, this crossover event, it was also kind of lackluster. The challenges they had them do were not as big as previous years. The places they went weren't as grand as previous years. And ultimately, the final challenge was not as significant as it was in previous years. Normally, uh, when they do the final challenge, they have like some type of iteration of each leg that they did. Um, between, like, like, oh, you remember this, remember this, remember this? Put them in order. But there was none of that here. It was create a drum set with Jack White's um, Seven Nation Army being played around you. And that wasn't, like, all that big of a deal. It was just, eh. This whole season was just, eh. Eh, but... But again, they do this twice a year, so maybe the next one will be better. Uh, that's all I have for thoughts, I believe. Uh, watch anything else? Oh, yes. I did watch the 30 for 30 um, documentary. Um, the Good, the Bad, and the Hungry, which is about the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Championship uh, and the rivalry between Joey Chestnut and Kobayashi, uh, the Tsunami Kobayashi. Uh, that is great. Uh, if in the, like... Hilarity that it takes what is typically a ESPN 30 for 30 super serious documentary and then basically does it like the, oh, but it's actually about like the history of like Major League Eating, which was a thing in the early 2000s. It talks about that. And in addition, it talks about um, how Kobayashi kind of like fell into a depressive state and wasn't really wanting to compete and how the Major League Eating kind of screwed him over, but it kind of helped Joey Chestnut in a way. And it's a really fascinating documentary that I was interested in. I liked it. I think you should check it out because all 30 for 30 should be checked out. They're all well done. Uh, but yeah, definitely take a look at that. Um, 
It'll be playing this entire week, or, you know, on ESPN+. Plus. Not that I'm, we plug ESPN+, Plus because we're not being paid for them, but, hey, ESPN+, Plus will probably get you uh, that 30 for 30, and probably all the 30 for 30s. That, now then, I think that's all I have for thoughts. Yes. That's all I have for thoughts, which means we move on to cancellations and renewals. All right. So, first up, we have Blood and Treasure on CBS gets a second season. Into the Dark on Hulu also gets a second season. Divorce on HBO will end with its third season, which premiered this past Sunday. So, if you like Divorce, I mean, and who doesn't, this past season, or this upcoming season, will be its last. And lastly, Winoa Earp uh, for Sci-Fi. Its fourth season will officially begin shooting after some production delays. Uh, but its fourth season will begin shooting this summer or the end of summer, and it will have its premiere next summer in 2020. And that brings us to deaths. Uh, first death is uh, with two. Uh, one more significant than the other. I'll let you determine which one is more significant. Uh, the first one is Milton Kwan, age 105. I think that's our second triple digit of the year. Uh, age 105 was a Disney animator for Dumbo and Fantasia. That is quite, that's quite some uh, films right there. Um, moving on, we also have uh, in MLB news, Tyler Skaggs of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, age 27, a baseball player was found dead in his hotel room before the before the Angels were ta- were set to take on the uh, Texans in their game series. Uh, he was supposed to report for the bus, never reported was found unconscious in his bed and police were immediately called and notified and declared he was declared dead upon arrival um sources say that there is no foul play currently um that they think there's no foul play but we won't know for sure until an autopsy uh it's uh being an angels fan this one hurts um 10 years ago we also lost another Angels pitcher, Nick Adenhart. However, that one was in a car crash and more sudden. Whereas this is probably even more sudden, I would say, as it just came out of nowhere. He had pitched this past Saturday and just now he was supposed to pitch on Thursday on 4th of July. But no, now now he's, he's just gone. He's 27 and he's gone. And that's... Sucks and yeah, um, being local here in California, I went to that memorial and it was uh, it was nice. It was set up, it's just people pouring out here for skags. Um, but there was a bit of online backlash as they used the 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 hashtag RIP forty five as skags pitcher's number was forty five, but. Some people took it to represent President Trump, 
being the 45th president and seeing R.I.P. 45, that it was that the president had died and not initially Skaggs. But quick quick research, and you could easily deduce that. Um, but yeah, it's just, it sucks for the Angels organization. Skaggs, who's 27, such a young age, gone way too soon. But uh, it's uh, heartbreaking. And that's my moment of silence for him. But moving on, uh, we have to move on to music. And we start music with the billboards. And I'll hand this over to you. Oh, why, thank you. We start the music with billboards. We start billboards with the Hot 100. And for the 13th week in a row, Old Town Road by Lil Nas X is the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100. Number two is newcomer Senorita by Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello, knocking out that Taylor Swift song, knocking it out of the top five completely, as the next three didn't change. We have Bad Guys with Billie Eilish, number four is Talk with Khalid, and number five, I Don't Care by Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Taylor Swift in a bit here, as that was probably the biggest news, but... We have to talk about the Billboard 200 first. And the number one album uh, right now is Help Us Stranger by The Racketeers. Number two is Seven, that EP by Lil Nas X. Number three is When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go by Billie Eilish. Number four is Happiness Begins by the Jonas Brothers. And back in the top five, Free Spirit by Khalid. Now, as we move into music releases, we have music that's coming out this week. Well, you know, depends on what you're listening to. What am I listening to? Well, I don't know what I'm lis- what you're listening to, but here are the new releases. See, that really doesn't really play here, but it's just myself. But <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe it does play. We'll see. Come on. All right. We're going to talk about uh, music and new releases. Well, upcoming this new release, if you aren't really playing the national anthem, what are you even doing this week? Or, you know, anything by, like, the the boss. Ah, Where would I go? All right, uh, we have J. Cole with Revenge of Dreams, The Three, Jada Smith with Ares, Machine Gun Kelly with Hotel Diablo, Mark Mulcahy, Mark, Mark Mulcahy with The Gus, The Soft Cavalry with The Soft Cavalry, and lastly, Trash Kit with Horizon. Those are your new releases for this week. And that means we get into music news. Uh, First thing we're going to talk about is Weird Al Yankovic. Now, Weird Al is currently on tour. Well, on a symphony tour. And during his most recent shows, he hasn't really been performing two of his staple songs. That being Eat It and Fat. Based off the Michael Jackson song. Beat It, 
and bad. Well, in an recent interview, uh, he explained that he decided to leave those songs out of the show in the aftermath of the two-part HBO documentary, Leaving Neverland. Quote, I don't know if it, uh, this is Weird Al, in a quote, I don't know if that's what's going to be permanent or not, but we just felt that with what's happened recently with the HBO documentaries, we didn't want anybody to feel uncomfortable. Uh, he also said, went on to say that, quote, I felt I had enough fan favorites in the show that I could get away with it. I haven't gotten a lot of pushback. There have been some people who've expressed disappointment, but we decided to err on the side of not offending people. And I want to say this is a good call. While, yes, Eat It and Fat are two main staples of any Weird Al Yankovic show, he has also been around for some 30-plus years to where he has plenty of hits. So you're not going to be like, oh, he didn't play the one hit, and so the whole show's ruined. No, he has plenty of hits that are that, that he can choose from to where he doesn't need to like be solely reliant on having these two in his show, which is a good call. It's not necess- it's not necessary and but you know, some fans may be disappointed, probably will be disappointed. But eh, I'd say this is a smart call. Like you said, he's air to err on the side of not offending people. Speaking of not offending people, oh boy. I, this is where I wish Matt was here because we could go so in-depth on this. But because he's not, and I talked to him off-podcast about this, and he has said, we've decided that instead of saving this for next week, we probably will talk about it next week because there'll be more to the story. But we're going to talk about Big Machine Records. I'm going to have to prep myself here for this story. Alright, for those of you who are unaware, Big Machine Records is a one of the biggest country labels um, in the U.S. right now. They currently include artists such as Taylor Swift, Rascal Flatts, Reba McIntyre, Florida Georgia Line, Thomas Rhett, Bradley Gilbert, Ronnie Dunn, Cheap Trick, and Sugarland, as well as other acts like Justin Moore. Eli Youngman, Brett Young, Aaron Lewis, Midland, Carly Pierce, the voice winner Danielle Bradbury, and 2015 American Idol winner Trent Harmon. Now, that's a lot of country artists, which makes you wonder why someone like Scooter Braun, who is Justin Bieber's manager, would get involved in this um, company. Well... In an effort to piss off Taylor Swift, apparently, a Scooter Braun has purchased the uh, the Big Machine's record label for three hundred million dollars. Uh, this, um, as because this is Taylor Swift's com- or because the label, this is the label of Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, they own all of her master recordings uh, from her first six albums. Well, in Taylor's case. She signed a six-album contract with Big Machine, which stipulated that the label would have ownership of her master recordings, which is pretty standard, especially since she made this deal when she was, like, 15, uh, that, that she would have six records under the label. 
her contract with Big Machines ended with the release of Reputation, which was the album that came out last year. Uh, the understanding, the current understanding is that Taylor had tried to strike a deal wherein she would re-sign with Big Machine on the condition that she took ownership of the master recordings. Well, Scott Borchetta, who owns Big Machine Records, knows knew that giving Taylor the masters would pretty much render his record label worthless should he ever decide to sell it. Because that Taylor Swift catalog is like the bulk of their records. Um, well, it's not the, like, it is. It's the bulk of their records. It's what that company was basically founded upon. That's where they make most of their money is the, are those, um, those, those master recordings. Uh, well, Scott Braschetta, um, this, or uh, yeah. So, so Taylor was basically left with the option of buying out Big Machine by herself for $300 million or, or cutting her losses and signing with a different label under more favorable conditions. Which she did end up signing with uh, Republic, which is a universal music group, who agreed to give her ownership of her masters going forward. Normally this is not what's done. Prince and most famously Michael Jackson spent years in legal battles trying to get their master recordings so they retain their all of their work. Uh, but in this case, uh, Taylor tried to use tried to use her new contract as leverage to get Big Machine to give her her masters. Um, their contract was that they'll do a record for a record that. Big Machine said, if you put out, for every record you put out, we'll give you one of yours back. Essentially making a deal for six more records. Taylor Swift was not having any of it. And and uh, Big Machine tried to call her bluff, saying, well, she'll never leave because we own her masters. Well, she left. And thus, Scott Braschetta decided to sell the company. And that went to Scooter Braun, who famously is the manager for Justin Bieber, who famously, they both hate Taylor Swift, which now Taylor Swift's basically nemesis, if you want to put a word on it, owns all of her her first six master recordings. This is like beyond repulsive in any sense of the word. I have a feeling we'll talk more about this next week when Matt's here, but... For now, this is just like, uh, when you thought bad stuff could happen to bad stuff anymore, the stuff like this comes along and you're like, oh, why? Why? This is just bad deal everywhere. No, no, stop. Why is this happening? And it just becomes dumbness in like the most ickiness of, of ways. It's just basically ends up being the big F you to Taylor Swift, even though she's the one who basically made that company a profit and famous that she, she will at this point never have her master recordings unless she buys it from Scooter Braun for like a billion dollars. Cause that's probably what he'll sell it for. Uh, even though the company won't be worth that much, that's always, they'll probably sell it to her for, because he just 
despises her. He hates her. Uh, that entire reputation thing was basically built on the back of Scooter Braun. Scooter Braun's uh, basically def- defamation antagonistic goals against Taylor Swift. It's just dumb. But speaking of dumb, we have moved into video games. And oh, look, it's 4th of July. There are no video game releases. But we do have one video game uh, twist, rather. Uh, for those of you who uh, currently own a PlayStation and are subscribed to PlayStation Plus, you can, instead of what was previously announced for their new games for the month of July, which were PES 2019, the soccer game, and uh, Fusion's Turbo Hotness racing game, instead of PES, you now get access to Detroit Become Human, the Ultra Deluxe Edition, which includes not just Detroit Become Human, but also Heavy Rain. So, if you have not played either of those games, now's your chance to play them for free. Or, not free, it's PlayStation Plus subscribers will get it for free. You have to be a PlayStation, subscribe, a play, a PlayStation Plus subscriber, though, in order to get those, in order to get that deal. Which... It's a pretty good deal. Those are decent games. I know I kind of bad-talked um, Detroit Become Human, but for a single playthrough, like the first time around, it's kind of worth it. It's just subsequent playthroughs are not as hyped as it would like you to believe. But uh, moving on to actual video game news, though. Um, in video game lore... There are games out there that are considered rare, considered classic, but then there's some that are considered so obscure that they will never go on sale. One such is a game called Extraterrestrials. And while the, that name might not be as well known as like Mario or Pac-Man, its anonymity is actually what makes it so rare. Uh... Extraterrestrials was released in 1983 for the Atari 2600, and only about 100 copies of the game were ever printed. And that was back in 1983. Here we are in 2019, where only four of the games are, in essence, thought to have been in existence as of today. Three of them are in housed in museums. As for that fourth, though... That fourth copy is currently on eBay. That's right. You could own one of four games in existence right now. Why? I mean, why would you? Because you're going to spend $100,000 for this game. It is that rare of a game. Uh, seller, Game Wizard 69 Yes, that's his name. Game Wizard 69 Nice. Uh, has listed the Atari cartridge... For $90,000 on an eBay bid. Uh, though, that's just a drop in the bucket when you consider just how rare this piece of video game history really is. According to the seller, uh, Extraterrestrials wasn't even known to exist until 2011, despite being originally produced back in 1984. This was because the company who made the game 
went under before the game was ever properly released. And so they had to go door to door to sell their game in order to make any type of cost back. This was back in 1984, so it was really only available in the San Jose area where the company was made or was founded. Uh, according to the... Uh, yeah. So despite this being originally produced in 1984, this has led to to the game Extraterrestrials, having the unofficial title of The Long Lost Video Game, as the game was supposedly created to crash to cash in on Steven Spielberg's E.T. movie, with listings claiming that the game was inspired by the worst video ever made, which is, which is of course, the infamous E.T. for the Atari 2600, which infamously had the story of it having printed so many games and it being so bad that they couldn't sell the games, that they had to basically put it in a dump in New Mexico, which there's a documentary about that on Netflix that you can watch about the existence of the E.T. video game for the Atari 2600. Well, this game, Extraterrestrials, was a ripoff of that game, which makes this game even more rare as there are only four copies left in existence, and three of them you can't play because they're in museums. Which means this one copy exists in the whole world for you to play for the low, low cost of $100,000. Boy, get your checkbooks out because I'm going to write one right now. And speaking of getting your checkbooks out for the low, low price of $3 million, SGDQ Summer Games Done Quick wrapped up. And for their final night playing Chrono Trigger, 100% meeting incentives left and right, they raised the goal. Well, not the goal. They raised the current. New? Current? I'm going to go with the new. Yeah. The new record of $3 million for speedrunning in the semi-biannual Games Done Quick event. Uh, this one is done in the summer to, bener to benefit Doctors Without Borders. Or was it Miss MCM? MNC? Medicinos Non Transfer. MNC? Yeah. Uh, but yes, Doctors Without Borders. Uh, they raised $3 million for that, for those of you who donated. Oh, they are fun to watch. Hopefully, these will all get onto YouTube for you to watch. Chrono Trigger 100% is insane. All their incentives were met. All the bonus games were met with extra to spare. Even after they hit the three million, uh, there were still donations coming in. Their official was like three, like three million, like three thousand uh, officially. Uh, but it's definitely great to see they will do this again in Orlando, I believe. Orlando or Miami. It's in Florida for Awesome Games Done Quick, which is done in January. And that will uh, be there to benefit the uh, Cancer Foundation for preventing the Prevent Cancer Foundation. Uh, this is exciting. Three million is now their new goal to hit every single time. Uh, but this community just keeps growing and growing. It keeps getting better and better. These friends keep getting more ridiculous every year. There's always something for you to tune in and watch. It's 
literally goes on for an entire week, non-stop, and it's super fun. Be sure to check it out when it comes back in the in January. I think it says like the second week in January, January 12th. But until that time, that does it for us here, or us, wow, me, hello me, yes, you, welcome back. Why, thank you, I didn't see you were there. I know, I've been here the whole time. Well, you can wrap it up. Whoa, you want me to wrap it up? Okay, how about you plug away? Well, fine, let's plug away with the Media Boat Podcast. Now, if you want to check us out, you can just go search for RS, RSS feed. We are hosted by Podbean. Just search Media Boat Podcast. If you want to find us on Twitch, we play video games. We are Media Boat Podcast. If you want to find us on Facebook, we are Media Boat Podcast. On Twitter, we are Media Boat Cast. On YouTube, just search Media Boat Podcast. We go live every Wednesday, uh, except when we're not together at 6 p.m. or 6.30. Uh, I think that's everything. Just Google Media Boat Podcast and you will find us. Don't forget that podcast. Otherwise, you'll wind up with some stuff from New York. And that's not us. Uh, but, yes, I think that's it. We'll be back next week for some Spider-Man uh, thoughts, some more movie thoughts. Probably see yesterday as well. Have that on my schedule to watch. We have other stuff possibly to show you. Now, uh, yeah. And we will be back. I will be back. Matt will be back next week. Uh, this has been the Mebo Podcast. And we'll see you all next week. Okay, bye. Bye.